For those of you who have lost money, like millions overnight. For those of you who are or have been in personal debt. For those of you who have been at rock bottom, ready to give up. Get ready because it's gonna get a whole lot worse. And that's a great thing. This is Below Zero to Hero, a brain dump by The Fail Coach, helping entrepreneurs develop a healthy relationship with failure. Look, failure can't be feared. It's the number one killer of creativity, ideas, dreams, and even entrepreneurs themselves. And it's thought will never get in your way again. With the right mindset, failure can be step one into a new journey of being a better leader, having better balance, better relationships, and most importantly, success. So bring it on. This is Below Zero to Hero with The Fail Coach. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Brain Dumb by The Fail Coach. We have another interview today, and I have my dear friend Jason here with me. We'll be talking about relationships and building relationships, which is something I feel is a huge struggle, especially among online entrepreneurs, uh, but we'll get to that later. Uh, Jason, welcome to the show, and uh, please uh, do introduce yourself a little bit to the audience. Thanks for having me here, Miha. Uh, it's, really, it's really great to be here. I'm really glad to be able to uh, talk to you about this. It's something that I've been passionate about for a long time. So as you said, my name is Jason Matthews, and I'm a high-performing relationship strategist. And what that means is I teach people how to create opportunities that make them feel understood, respected, and valued so they can create the relationships, partnerships, and business experiences that lead to success. And the way I do that is I tap into the fundamentals of human biology to find common ground, build social bonds, create emotional connection, and develop trust and commitment. And I mainly work with high performers who have lost their edge and don't know how to get it back. And because of that, their lives are suffering in some way. Okay, that sounds that sounds interesting. We'll talk a little bit about that uh, close to the end of the show. Uh, okay. but right now, I just want to, uh, before we dive into the topic, um, just a quick intro. So what I see working with so many entrepreneurs, and especially, you know, I, I don't have many clients who are millennials who were kind of born with uh, iPhone and iPad, in, well, not born with them, but, you know, um, they, they were born into this techie world. Uh, mm -hmm. But I think they struggle on a different level. Uh, but, you know, most of my clients, most of my uh, friends are 35, 40, and and above and so what i see is that especially when it comes to the online world like in the offline world we do know how to you know be human beings how we approach other people um we we have a bit easier job there but then when it comes to the online world we think like this is like this new world everything is so different and I know that a lot of them are reaching out to me with questions like, you know, how do I um, do outreach? How do I warm up a relationship? How do I do this? How do I do that? And, and they get completely frozen when it's time for them to just have a chat with another human being. So um, I know that you uh, have this four pillar system mm -hmm. um, of creating and, and then nurturing the relationship and, and bringing it where the magic happens so to the point of trust 
and uh, well, maybe first your thought on on this um, communication blockage that we have in 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 this day and age, and then maybe we can dive into the four pillars. Okay, sure. So uh, something you said I found very interesting that there's a difference between the online and offline communication that people are having. And in your estimation, it seems easier for people to communicate offline than online. And actually, I would disagree with that. And here's why. Um, I think that technology has definitely changed the way that we communicate and not necessarily for the better. I believe that the way that we have learned to communicate is very self-centered, meaning that um, we care more about what we think about ourselves and what other people think about us than we think about other people. And okay. it's, it's not necessarily a good thing because in offline communications, this hampers our ability to create meaningful connections. And on in online communications, it's even harder. And the reason why I say that is because when you have offline communications, you've got more than just the sound of your voice or the face that you are looking at to communicate with someone. You have touch, you have the ability to interact with them uh, by doing things physically together. You have the ability to really read the uh, body language a lot easier, and you're able to empathize with someone um, much more quickly than you are in the on on online community. The problem is that because we have developed this online presence that is based around us and our thoughts, we tend to be more mindful of that than being curious about someone else. And when we lose that curiosity, it gets replaced with fear. You have, you have one of two choices. You can either be curious about something or fear it. You can't do both. And if you're, if you're fearing something, you can't be curious of it. If you're curious of something, you can't be afraid of it. Make sense? Yes, makes sense. Yes. Okay. So when we have this online persona, what we're doing is saying, pay attention to me. And we're not asking people to engage with, well, what do you think? How do, how do you, how would you respond to this? It's more like, what do you think about me? Am, am I good enough? And that makes it hard for people to really um, trust the interaction that they that people have with one another because no one really cares about what you think or how you feel the only the only person who does is you is you that's just a biological fact it's impossible for me to care about me and care about you at the same time as, as in it's impossible for me to care about my feelings how i feel about myself and how you intimately feel about yourself at the same time the only person i can really the only person i can really be connected to is me because i live in my body i'm very connected to my own feelings so it's much easier for me to be in touch with that however when we become curious about someone else we want to know about how they feel about what they think about how they um, interact with a certain situation or whatever. And it's that curiosity that makes communication much easier. So I don't think it's so much of a communication problem as it is a curiosity and anxiety problem. Okay. Okay. I mean, I can understand it from that point of view as well. Absolutely. I mean, yeah, um, I, I guess, um, you know, you just, uh, um, you get other perspective because you know, you are working deliberately with them on, on the whole relationships and relationship building and so on. Um, 
I mainly uh, need to push my client uh, when we are at that early stage of uh, creating the product market fit. And the easiest way to do that is, of course, you, you can do some data research, but you, it's, it's very easy if you do some, you know, uh, just a few calls or a few meetings with your potential clients and then combine those two things. And, and for that purpose, they need to reach out, they need to start communicating. And perhaps, you know, that's why uh, maybe I just know that part of the story because I see how they struggle and what kind of questions they ask me. And I'm like, well, you just have to be a little bit of, you know, just a human being, just act the way you would if, you know, you would go to uh, um, outside and, and meet people outside. Um, I don't know, maybe I was blessed with um, being able to communicate um, mm -hmm. in, in, in this way. And I have no problems with that. Um, uh, but yeah, to me, sometimes I'm, I'm really like, uh, how can they struggle with that? And I'm really trying to make it as easy as possible for them to help them to overcome that. But I see that like really, I would say majority of my clients they struggle with this establishing communication and, and then just having a chat, having a normal human chat um, and, and just being a human being and, and tearing down those barriers that, you know, we put up when somebody new approaches us and we are like, oh, what are they trying to sell us or something? And you need to go past those barriers to get really um, information that you need for creating the product market fit. So probably I'm just coming from a different different position and and you work on a different level, on a much higher level with your clients and you help them in, in many different ways when it comes to communication. So probably because of that, you you have all these experiences from, from the other side as well. I, I can definitely see your point of view as far as the way that you... Uh, coach your clients and it's very valuable what you do because you're absolutely right that kind that that type of interaction can become very foreign and the reason why is because people become fearful they they fear that uh, they fear judgment and they fear fear rejection and those are the two most primal fears that we have and they are impossible to get rid of you cannot get rid of those fears because they are part of our survival mechanism uh, what you can do is you can put them to the side by becoming curious. And I think this is what people are not, this is the one thing that people aren't being taught because they're being uh, surrounded by other people who also don't know how to be curious. And for the most part, we are social learning creatures. So we learn from our peers, we learn from our parents, we learn from our society in general. And when we see what normal looks like, which is, don't be curious, be fearful. We tend to adopt that same mindset unless there's something in us that says, this is not right. I need to do something else. But that's true. Most people are going to go with the flow because it's much easier to get along, to, I'm sorry, to go along and get along than it is to, to disrupt the flow in order to find something else. So I think in that way, people like you and I are the outliers. And we have just that ability to see what is going on and then educate ourselves enough to be able to be effective in reaching out to people who either don't know how to communicate their offer in your case, or don't know how to 
interact with their own curiosity in my case. Yeah, I, I guess, yes. Uh, well, Jason, why don't you walk us through um, the four pillars? Uh, and I'll, I'll let you just go through and uh, I'll, I'll ask my questions uh, once, once you walk us through the four pillars. Sure. So the four pillars are part of what I've called the relationship building process. And there is a science to building a relationship. There's actually a structure that you can use to effectively um, build relationships with anybody for any purpose. And it doesn't matter if you want to go on a date, get married, build a stronger relationship with your sibling or your parent. You want to build strong um, business relationships or you even want to create powerful friendships across all kinds of relationships, this is going to work even in groups. So if you want to create community, if you want to create your tribe, if you want to create any kind of environment where you are understood, respected, and valued, this is the process that you want to use. So the relationship building process, as you um, said, is part is actually four pillars. There's four stages to this process. And they are finding common ground, building social bonds, creating emotional connection, and then developing trust and commitment. And the beautiful thing about this is that it's impossible to fake a relationship um, that is built in this way. Because if you just go through the motions, if you just uh, fake it to make it, it won't work. In order for you to have a successful relationship, you must first um, use a key ingredient that most people don't realize. The key ingredient that is needed for relation for the relationship building process to work is empathy. And empathy is what makes this all possible. Without empathy, you're going to fall flat on your face when it comes to creating those kinds of relationships that you define as being your success. So what does empathy look like? Well, at each stage what, or at each pillar of the relationship building process, there is a level of curiosity that is needed. And as you, as you get further along in the relationship building process, that curiosity takes on a different form or a different definition. So when you are finding common ground, you want to be curious about the person that you are interacting with. And this is not finding out how this person feels about you. This is finding out truly about what makes this person happy, what makes this person tick, what this person thinks about, what this person values. These, the things that another person really um, feels deeply about, you want to know as much as you can about a person. And th this is why curiosity is so important because if you just go through question after question, it feels like, it feels like you're being grilled. Whereas if you become curious, then you go off on tangents, you actually create a conversation, you feel like there's actually a back and forth interaction that's organic, and you begin that process of making your counterpart, the person you're interacting with, feel understood, respected, and valued. So when you get to social bonds, this is the act of doing. So either working together or hanging out, having fun together. Um, doing things like uh, either playing a game or attending a social event, uh, even dancing is is um, conducive for the um, social for the um, building social bonds. And 
what makes this so powerful is the fact that you are both working for a common goal. And it's not the goal itself that is important, but the way that each person feels in attaining that goal. So let's say that you're playing a football game and you both were on opposing sides. The goal of that game is not the actual game. It's not the football game itself, which I know sounds counterintuitive, but what you're actually doing is you are caring more about how that person is feeling in that game, whether that person feels that they can feel that they can actually express themselves comfortably, that they can feel safe, and that they can enjoy the process of being together while playing that game. So the game takes on a secondary um, purpose rather than the primary purpose. And this is the part that a lot of people miss because they don't they, they forget to care about the person rather than caring about the actual game. And if you lose connection with the person, they no longer feel safe and they no longer want to participate because they don't feel like you have their best interest at heart. So then we go on to emotional connection. And this is where you're, you are really finding out the real person of who your counterpart really is, their hopes, their dreams, their fears, and their ambitions. And these are things that they're not going to share with just anyone. They have to know that you really get them, that you have their back, that you support them in whatever it is they feel or they think. And by doing that, they're willing to open up even more, share more about themselves, and they have the expectation that you're going to share more about yourself as well to be able to create that social intimacy, that, that, that sense of being connected with one another on a deeper level, regardless of the relationship you are forming. So then you get to trust and commitment. And when you get to this phase, you realize that the per your counterpart trusts you completely, that they believe that you will always have their best interest at heart, that they can trust you with pretty much anything. And because of that, they're willing to do just about anything for you. In fact, even without being asked. And this is where the... Um, idea of compassion lies. So I forgot to talk about the empathy of, of uh, emotional connection, but that's called concern. So concern is where you're caring for somebody, whereas care is caring about, is caring about somebody. So with trust and commitment, you have compassion, meaning that you want to not only um, care about what, what they were going through, but if they're going through some kind of hard time or they're having some kind of challenge, you want to make their challenge your solution, meaning that you want to relieve their suffering in some way. You feel that, that, that it's important for you to be able to help them out in a, some kind of major way. And you feel like you can do that because you know that whatever you do is going to be reciprocated in some way at some time, even though you aren't expecting that. So we're talking about random acts of kindness here. We're talking about giving of ourselves without the expectation of anything in return because the real payoff is that strong bond that we have with that counterpart. So that's basically the four pillars in a nutshell. I hope that I explained it well. No, yes, you did. You did. You absolutely did. One thing that came across my mind while I was listening to you was um, a lot of people that I interact with when we come to this whole relationship conversation, and I have my own way of how I explain, but I would love to hear what you have to say. Um, what they tell me is that 
you know, they've tried the relationship building um, and they were burned. You know, the other person uh, wasn't uh, giving back. Uh, they felt uh, cheated and, and, and so on. So is there, in your opinion, a proper way how to go through these steps to not uh, to, to not to not get to that point where you feel like oh I've given everything to this person I really invested myself into this relationship and then and then the other person uh, wasn't there and I wasn't seeing that um, and it can happen I mean I've heard a lot of times this of course with personal relationships but also with business relationship with with business partnerships or um, with employee uh, and, and uh, owner relationships. So are there any um, tips, tricks, uh, I don't know, techniques, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> that can help us going through these steps and making sure that we are investing uh, ourselves in building the right relationship? Yes, there is. Um, and uh, I, I want to say, and this might sound kind of blunt, and if it, if it does offend anybody, I do apologize. Um, the main reason why people have relationships that fail and they have partnerships that end in disaster is because they weren't curious and they tried hacking the relationship building process to shortcut the solution and get exactly what they want. So there's two things at play here. There is a lack of curiosity, which means that they are living in a state of fear in some way, even if it's mild. And the second is the expectation that they have of what's going to happen. And when you combine the two of those, you get guaranteed disaster. So what I mean by that is failure usually happens or our, our belief in our own failure, our, our own lack of, of ability to succeed comes from our expectations clashing with the fear that we have. So what ends up happening is we sabotage our own success because we're afraid of what might happen if we were to succeed. And we still have that expectation that we're going to succeed. We ignore the fear. We focus on the expectation, not realizing that both things are collaborating against us to create the failed opportunity that we experience. And Jason, excuse me, excuse me for jumping in, but um, is it in any way possible uh, for you to maybe uh, give us some real life examples? I mean, without naming any people, but just maybe some real life examples of how not to do things and how to do them. So that uh, I think through examples is, is, is much easier to understand this this whole um, this whole topic, if if you don't mind, sure, I, I don't mind at all. Uh, so, I, I I actually love giving examples from my own life because one, it makes me a little uncomfortable, but it's through that it's through that discomfort that I'm able to uh, actually um, grow, and I'm a, I'm able to uh, better understand my own um, experiences and help to help others as well. So. Most of my failed relationships were of a personal nature. And I found that when I wanted the relationship to go in a certain way, 
And I wanted to, I, I, I desperately wanted the end result, but I wasn't willing to do the work or I wasn't willing to look at the warning signs by being curious about that person. For, for instance, there was this one person that I was uh, in a relationship with, and there were a lot of signs of her own personal self-worth issues. She was very, um, she, was, she was the kind of person who would be more of a yes person. Rather than having her own thoughts, she would just uh, focus on pleasing the person that she was with. And I ignored that because what I was getting from her was something that I wanted. Had I been actually curious about her, finding out what drove her and what it was that she really cared about, I would have seen the signs of what they were and I would have been able to, instead of focusing on my own need and the fear of, of not being accepted by this person, be able to say, okay, I don't know if this is actually something that is worth investing in. I don't know if this is actually a relationship I want to get into. But instead of doing that, because I had an expectation of what I wanted at the time, and I was afraid of being alone, I got into a relationship with her anyway. And it ended in disaster. It, it was not fulfilling at all. And we would get into arguments more than we would actually have fun together. And it got to the point where I said, I just can't do this anymore. And I felt like I had failed. I felt like I had uh, I was doomed to be alone and I was doomed to be in failed relationships one after the other. And it's only because I wasn't listening to my own inner voice. I was saying, this is not the right relationship for you because I wasn't curious enough about who she was at her core to understand whether she would be a good fit for me or not. Does that make sense? Am I, am I, um, no, apps, apps. Absolutely. Okay. I can I can think of a few relationships of mine from the past where uh, things were uh, quite similar to what you're saying. So right. I, I was um, because I mean, one thing is that I absolutely see myself as a family man. Mm -hmm. um, I don't have kids yet. I just have four dogs. And because of that drive to, to, to have a family. Um, I was often overlooking um, and I was more focused on the goal than on who I am with. And it was only over time when, you know, that, I don't know, uh, when things blended off a little bit, when I started seeing that, oh, that's not somebody I want to have a family with. Uh, but it was that, that goal that was driving me forward. Um, and I was making a lot of stupid decisions because of that. Um, and I remember when my last relationship uh, failed, and, and that one was like pretty big uh, uh, regarding uh, this topic of family and so on. Uh, but that was the first time when, you know, when it ended, like five minutes later, I was, okay, Mika, now let's see what I can learn from all of this. Um, what do I need to make sure that I don't repeat next time? And so um, my last relationship, the one I am in currently, um, I'm really, really mindful and, and checking in with myself every few days that I'm following the lessons that I've learned from my past relationships. Okay. And 
do you do you mind if I if I do a little bit of coaching with you, or if I if I just become curious about what about what you're talking about, just so I, I can get a better idea? No, absolutely. Of what it is you? Okay, so I'm an open book. Cool. So so when you say that you were um, following your own guidelines, what do you mean by that? Uh, what do you mean, my own guidelines? You mean when I said that I was following my my agenda of having the family? So you said that you or now that you were following the the guidelines of your past mistakes, like like, like what you've learned. Oh, the the lessons, right. the lessons from my past mistakes. So um, I really took the time. I, I took like um, I think it took me about a year of not having any relationship even though there were quite a few opportunities, but I was like, okay, I still haven't learned uh, and, 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 you know, figured out all the lessons. Let's not rush into anything. Um, and I really looked and, and had a huge reflection on my past uh, because all the girls that I was with, they weren't, you know, same type of women to say, oh, I was doing same mistake over and over. They were very different, but it all ended up, every time in a similar way and so my first thought was oh maybe it's not their fault maybe it's something wrong with me and so i started diving into that whole into that whole uh um what 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 were the lessons that i can learn from all these past relationships and um and then um how can i learn from these lessons so that i don't repeat the same mistakes i might make new ones i mean you know uh, but at least I'm not going to repeat the ones that I was doing previously. And one of the big aha moments was when I figured out, oh, I was always so driven with that idea of having a family, having children and so on. Mm -hmm. And so um, one of the first things was to let go of, of that wish. It's like, okay, if it's meant to be, it's meant to be. I have my four doggies. I live a very happy life. I'm doing... Uh, um, what I lo absolutely love doing, um, and I'm, I, I just—that's it. I'm not worried about that anymore. If it comes, it will come. If not, I'm okay. But I must not be driven by that goal anymore because if I am, I'm doing stupid mistakes and jumping, rushing through things, not doing the dating, but just jumping in and you know, uh, almost. I mean, not to the point of that, but almost like, you know, you go uh, out, you go on a one night stand and then next day you pop the question. I mean, it's not that <laughs> terrible, but um, it, it was a bit similar to, to um, you know, I, I haven't done the dating part properly where you're curious, where you uh, uh, communicate about the important stuff and, and, and so on. And I was just overlooking a lot of the signs telling me that, you know, not, not that there's, uh, I mean, I'm not trying to say that there was anything wrong with those ladies from my past. Um, we just weren't uh, uh, on the same line. Um, they want different things. They have different values, different priorities in life and so on. I respect that. I'm not saying that there's anything wrong. Um, we just weren't on the same page. And uh, I, I do believe that if you want a strong long-lasting relationship you do need to be aligned on on the important stuff um i know that the chemistry is saying that you know there is chemistry when when we are um different and that you know uh boils the whole adrenaline and and all of that but um but all of that wears out at one point or another 
and and then you're left with um oh shit we don't have anything in common we have nothing to talk about we don't enjoy uh you know doing the similar things and um, i mean it's not about doing similar things but if somebody is adventurous and the other person isn't um you know not even doing the same things but just having you know those i don't know values or beliefs or, or whatever we would call that um it, it can be pretty uh problematic because uh um one person will have to make compromises and uh, that's never a too too good thing i mean compromises are good when they are on the less important stuff but when it comes to your values who you are as a person you can't make a compromise with that i, I just that's how i see it mm -hmm. i agree and you the only way that you can know whether a person has the same values as you or not is to find out what their values are and make sure they, they yes. line up with yours yes and it's not only just finding out so of course you do the conversations and all of that, but then you need to give it some time and really watch if they walk the talk. Um, a, a very big problem of mine with past relationships, either romantic or friendship or in business, was that I was uh, listening too much and and not looking at what they actually really do. So so I was um, listening to their words, but you know their action. Uh, actions didn't follow those words and so what i've learned one of the biggest lessons was uh watch if they walk the talk but of course also i expect nothing less from myself as well right so have you found that adopting this approach that you have created better interactions with with people in general um yeah 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 um i i really do have a lot of uh good relationships uh now business friendships and even i think my current relationship is going really well i'm taking it a slower uh we are still getting to know each other uh one day at a time so far so good uh but you know i'm i'm without any expectations so um as for now it's okay if it happens to not be okay okay we'll you know, just uh, go our separate ways. So it's not it's not that feeling of oh, I need to make this happen. Um, you know, I I want that family and so on. I'm I'm like really I I I'm okay. I was able to completely let go of of that uh, goal and just focus on the process. That's excellent. That's really good. Yeah, I, I had a similar experience when I um, finally married my wife. And the thing that I, I the thing that that um, most enamored me to her was her acceptance of exactly who I was and wanting to really know more about what I was feeling, what I was thinking, and how I was. She she cared about how I was, and then she cared for those uh, emotional feelings that I had, and she really um, made sure that she understood how I felt and which in turn caused me to want to understand more about how she felt because she was already willing to be at that level. Of, I want to know more about you. It's not about me. I just want to know about you. And that kind of made me very curious about how she was and 
what she felt was important and how she uh, um, viewed really life. And because of that, and, and because of her openness with sharing that, we created a very powerful relationship. And I have to say that this is the most fulfilling relationship I've ever been in. And I firmly agree that sometimes it, the second time around is usually the one that's successful because we learn all of the uh, <laughs> all of the things of what not to do or all of the mistakes that we've made from our previous relationship or in my case, my previous marriage. So um, I believe that because I was able to open up, she made it possible for me to do so. It led me on this path to where I am. I became curious about her, which made me curious about myself, which then made me curious about others as well. Like who else can I interact with on this level and have these kinds of relationships, which is kind of what drove me to where I am right now. Because I've seen that the more that I use this relationship building process, the more successful relationships I create. No, yeah, I absolutely agree with you. I think one thing to point out here, um, I, I don't know what's your experience, but from my experience, uh, we men often tend to be less uh, communicative, especially when it comes to deeper stuff, emotional stuff, and so on. Um, we kind of try to avoid those conversations in general. Um, I'm not saying that all men are like that, but I think in general, uh, it is like that. Um, and so one thing that really helped me was to, to understand that without communicating, um, I'll, so that was a huge lesson as well, that I just need to, you know, open up. I need to become, be, or, you know, be able to, to just be vulnerable or, or be transparent or I don't know what word to use. I mean, I hate the word vulnerable because everybody's using it nowadays. I think it's way too overused, but in, in a way, just, you know, uh, really be fully committed in, in the relationship with, uh, especially with the communication part, because that was something I was avoiding a lot in the past relationships when it came to, you know, the softer topics. I think, I don't know, we men tend to, you know, like, oh, no, I'm a man. I, I'm not going to talk about this. Um, so, so that was one thing that I've learned. Um, I don't know what's your experience with that, with working with other men. Uh, but uh, I think it's very important for us men to understand that. And even not just communicating with women. Um, I, I would love to make a spin here. And uh, because, you know, right now we were talking about uh, um, romantic relationships, but um, it, it's nothing different when it comes to, you know, partnerships. Exactly. Um, if you want to go, yeah, um, in, in partnerships in business. But first, uh, what, what's your experience? Uh, uh, do, do you feel that we men tend to, sometimes not communicate as much and then then that is a problem because we don't tell things so i think that it's less about wanting to and more about not knowing how and men by nature have a very physical way about them they do things they want to do and i think that's the way that they translate showing their affection is by doing and with women, their, their ability to show compassion is through talking and empathizing. And men with other men, I believe that, that they've created this 
belief that in order to um, be accepted, you you have to um, do and you have to be at the same level as other men in order to really connect with them. And that kind of doesn't work. So it's not so much about the ability to connect, but in knowing how. So for instance, um, when I was growing up, I believed that the only way that I could really connect with another man is by just being competitive like that and being athletic, being the kind of person who in, enjoyed the physical rough and tumble interaction. And to a point that that might be true. However, men have the same emotional needs as, as, as women do. And so when you're taught, be a man, don't cry, don't show your feelings, because other men who are emotionally insecure and uh, live in a, from a state of fear or a state of um, not being curious, which really is the same thing, um, have said that to other men. Don't show your emotions. Emotion is weak, is weakness, because they've always, in order for them to be successful, they've either taken what they wanted or they have demonstrated their dominance so that other people just give it to them. And yeah, one thing, one thing that I often say is uh, when you really uh, dare to be naked, you know, to, to just open up fully and, and give yourself fully is when you really find that liberation, that freedom. Uh, but I guess, for, yeah, in, in our society with the alpha male and, and, and all of that, um, that's not something that is um, endorsed for men to do. You have to, you know, be a man, be strong, don't show emotions, uh, suck it up, um, and, and, and so on. But I really do believe when you dare to be fully naked, that's where you really find that uh, the, the freedom um, and, and that's when magic happens. That's when you can really uh, go into relationship, uh, any kind of relationship, full on, 100%. And you, uh, you are not afraid of, uh, you know, hurt people hurting you or anything like that. Because, um, I don't know, I think it has something to do with that. Um, uh, those stages uh, that Maslow is 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 uh, talking about, I'm not sure, but yeah, um, that's just my belief. Actually, that's it, it's interesting you say that because um, I, I I liked that you brought up the term alpha male because I want to dispel that or at least my belief on that. Now, bear in mind, I'm not a psychologist, so I can't say definitively what is what, but I can give my own uh, interpretation. So. A person who is an alpha male, a true alpha male, is going to be someone who takes action in looking after others. An alpha is a leader. And so in order for a leader to be effective, they have to know how to best lead those they're leading. It can't just be my way or the highway. That's not a leader. That's a bully. And a bully is someone who's just insecure. They say it's my way because I don't know any other way, be, uh, any other way to be. It's because they haven't asked the right questions or they haven't um, done enough investigating of another person to find out if what they are doing is 
is actually effective for that person or those people or not. And this actually kind of goes into what I was saying about not knowing how, because men don't know how to ask the right questions. When I start asking questions about of other men who are the supposed jocks, or and I'm using air quotes there, or that are supposed to be in that dominant position, when I start asking questions and I become very curious about who they are, I see a very different side of them. I see a side of them that they don't normally show other people because they haven't believed that it was safe to do so. I, I invite them to give that more emotional side because I'm genuinely curious about what it is they think and how they feel. I really want to know about what is going on inside of their mind. And I want to know what it is that makes them feel um, safe, what, if, what makes them feel confident, what makes them feel supported. And when I find out those things, then I can actually um, act in ways that make them feel understood, respected, and valued. So it's all about making sure that you ask the right questions. And I don't think enough men do that, especially with other men, because they're so worried about whether they're going to be accepted that they feel like they have to take certain action or they have to be a certain way in order to get what they need. And that usually doesn't work out in their favor because, again, they're not becoming curious about what is really necessary. Yeah, I absolutely I agree with that. Uh, well, Jason, we've been talking for about 45 minutes already, so we'll slowly have to wrap it up. But um, I would I would love to, um, you know, just get your quick opinion on, um, you know, building business relationships like, you know, I think it's, it's really basically the same. So um, you go through those four pillars, you do the dating, you watch if the other person walks the talk and and so on. And again, um, I think it's no other than creating private relationships. Uh, but uh, yeah, just a quick take from your end uh, on um, building business sure, relationships. I just want to share a little, little bit of an anecdote here because I think that it really applies. So when I was first starting out in my entrepreneurial success, I actually started out, started out as an astrologer. And I partnered with this person who owned a mystical shop, and I wanted to be able to do readings in astrology readings uh, in her store. And she was very, very accepting of that. And I was under the belief that if I did more for her, if I actually showed my value, that it would be reciprocated by her, and I would uh, get the benefit of that. And that wasn't the case. And I realized that there were two flaws that I had that I was not aware of at that time, which led to the downfall of our business relationship and realized, really deteriorated the whole friendship in general. So the first was that I had an expectation of what I was going to get from her. And that was not what she found was important. And that was the second um, flaw, actually. The fact that I was not curious about what it was that she wanted from me, what she would find valuable, and how I could provide that in order to get the kind of response that I wanted from her. So again, I was afraid of not getting what I wanted, and I had the expectation of what I was going to get from her. So I just preemptively acted in ways that didn't get me the result that I wanted. So you're absolutely right that 
when you are building a business relationship, the first thing you want to do is become curious about what the needs are of that person and what that person finds is important. What is it that drives that person to create the kind of success that they want? And then create that success together, being sure to be mindful of the fact that is this something that we're working towards, the thing that we want to work towards. And this is something that I've been doing with my current business partner, uh, Sebastian Lacona. We've been collaborating together and we have been creating a um, place to be able to practice negotiations and practice the relationship building process. And I keep on checking in with them saying, okay, is this still the direction we both want to go? Is this what we, what we both envision? Is this what we both believe is important? And by having those conversations, we're able to stay on the same track and really value the contribution that each one of us provides. So that as we get further into it, we have a deeper appreciation for what we're both offering. And then we have the ability to trust each other that not only are we going to deliver, but we're going to keep on wanting to do something for the other person because it's in our own best interest and keeps on um, moving forward what we have planned. Awesome. Really good. Really good approach. Um, Jason, um, who, who should contact you and, and um, what it is that you, um, you provide? What's, what's your service? What's your product? So, like I said, I, I help people uh, regain their edge, the, the ones who have lost something. So they've enjoyed some kind of success and then something happened where they started questioning their own ability to continue succeeding. Those are the kind of people that I want to keep on working uh, whether it be in their relationships with their partners, uh, intimate or professional, whether it be in their friendships that they have, or even their own relationship to themselves. If they're questioning something and not giving the answers that they want and realizing that their performance is suffering, those are the kind of people that I really want to work with. I want to be able to help them regain that thing that made them great to begin with and realize that they can continue having that greatness regardless of where they are in life. Okay, uh, and where should people um, find you? I mean, we will include all your links in the show notes anyway, but uh, what's your best preferred? The best way to find me is on Facebook, um, jason.ian.matthews. If you just type that in, in the search, then you're going to, you're going to find my profile. Um, Send me a message. What I have right now is still in the works. It is still very much in development. So I mainly do personal contact. So if the people, I'm going to be sharing this podcast on my page as well. The people who want to contact me, if they want to just interact with this, I can definitely reach out to them. I find that the personal interaction is much better than just um, either joining a group or Anything like that. So, yeah, if if you want to if you if you want to contact me, just reach out, and I will be more than happy. I'll, I'll have my my Facebook link to my profile um, for you, so that you can include that in the show notes as well. Um, drop me a line. Let's have a conversation. Let let let's get let, let's understand relationships by going through the relationship building process. Perfect, Jason. What's the last? golden nugget of wisdom and it can be related to what we were talking or unrelated 
but what's that last golden nugget of wisdom that you want to leave the audience so with? The thing that I led with was I want people to feel understood, respected, and valued. But before you have that, you have to make sure that you feel safe, secure, and supported. And the way you do that is by developing this relationship with yourself first before you develop a relationship with someone else. And that allows you to be able to feel understood, respected, and valued, which then makes it possible for you to feel, make others feel understood, respected, and valued as well. So the most important thing is to feel Absolutely. safe, secure, and supportive. And that's something that I, I can talk you through as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. You need to first have a good relationship with yourself before you can start having good relationships with others. That, that's a very powerful message for the end. Uh, Jason, thank you so much for being my guest. I really appreciate you for what you're doing because, uh, yeah, the, the relationships are um, a huge problem now. I mean, with all this social media and, and everything going on and uh, quantity over quality, we want it all we want it now we want quick results uh um you know all of that is is just creating this new platform which is not based on taking the time to creating good relationships taking them to the point of trust we want to speed up the process we want to skip steps and so on so it's really important what you're doing and i really appreciate you for that um and again yeah thank you for coming to my show thank you for being my guest and I wish you all the best. Thank you for having me. Journey. I look forward to being able to speak to you further and anyone else who wants to speak to me about relationships. I would love to speak to you as well. Um, yeah, thank you very much for having me on here. It was a pleasure speaking with you. You as well. Take care, Jason. Thank you very much for having me on here. It was a pleasure speaking with you.